Okay, uh, well, let's, let's, uh, <clears throat> let's look this morning at um, uh, stop and worry. Now, let's go to Philippians chapter 4 here, and uh, uh, let's go, let's get this out of the way here. Philippians chapter 4, and uh, let's get started right here. Uh, worry, uh, you got to remember, worry is, uh, it, you know, we, we hear believe in the Lord, okay, trust in the Lord. Well, this is how strong worry is. Uh, worry is actually just when you're supposed to be trusting the Lord, it's the same thing except you're trusting that all these bad things are going to happen to you because last time it did, or maybe one of your friends or whatever. And these things distract you, whatever they are, and it's like, I don't know how I'm going to get out of this one. Even this morning, no matter what I do, and yes, we're in church, we all look great, we've got smiles on our faces and whatever, but... As I begin to uh, do this, it's so easy in the next 25 minutes or so to you not even hear what I've got to say. And I'm not worried about you listening to me, but I am concerned about, you know, if you're distracted this morning because your distraction is going to carry you all day long. In other words, it's like when we always say, I'll, I'll be glad when I'm through this. I'll be glad when this is over with. Well, you can actually be glad now, even though you got a problem, but there's some things you have to do. So, and here's how you, and the nice thing to know is that God is there to help you no matter what your problem is. I mean, you never go to God and he says, well, you know, well, I, tell you, I don't know why you bother me with that. I've got more serious things to worry about. No, God doesn't treat us that way. So start here in Philippians 4 and verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Now, our... Christianity in America is almost based on frowning. Our Christianity is like, we're not a Christian unless we frown because we have to be, we're so unworthy or whatever, or we're just, uh, we're just sinners and, and, you know, it, it, we're supposed to feel sorry for Jesus having gone to the cross and that, those are not scriptures. We're not supposed to feel sorry for Jesus going to the cross. He had to go to the cross. He was the spotless Lamb of God. None of us could have paid for it. But anyway, let's go back and let's believe like the Bible is actually telling us the truth. And it is. Rejoice in the Lord always. I like to split that up. That's all the time. And again, I say, he's being repetitive. Rejoice. Yeah, but what have I got to be happy about? Well, let's keep reading. He said, let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Well, what in the world is moderation? Well, it's actually just your life. Let your life be known unto all men. Yeah, that what? That we are so sad. I'm unhappy this morning. You know, I'm unhappy because of this. I'm unhappy. What? He says the Lord is at hand. Some people think uh, the Lord is at hand means he's there to inspect us. My, he's watching, making sure that Aaron or Fred or Melody's not making a mistake. I mean, the God has just got his binoculars out and he's watching you. Because that's all God is interested in is if you make a mistake, he's going to bring up red flags and say, you did this. Well, you know, that's not true. When you look at the life of Jesus, he wasn't going around saying, you know what? You did this wrong. And hey, you know what? You did that wrong. Nope. Jesus was given answers. He knows we've all made mistakes. So look down at verse 6. We're supposed to rejoice. We're supposed to act like the Lord is at hand. Look at verse 6. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Oh, uh, notice how close we're supposed to start seeing that God is. Be careful for nothing. I mean, everything, that's the next part of the verse. 
but in everything by prayer. Some people th- say that's silly. I wouldn't pray for this. You should. That's the reason we don't even know. We have trouble today believing there's even angels. We have trouble today believing that God's even around. Why? We don't pray about anything. If you will pray, matter of fact, the scripture tells us in James, you have not because you ask not. We, we got this omni-whatever. We've all figured all this stuff out. You know, if it happened, it had to be God. No. If it didn't happen, you know, praise God, it's because you didn't believe God. According to the scriptures, you need to ask. These things don't just happen. But it's interesting, he says, be careful for nothing. If, if, if this wasn't important, he would have said it doesn't matter. And if it didn't matter here, he'd say, well, it doesn't matter. You don't have to pray. And it doesn't matter about, you know, supplication with thanksgiving. In other words, thank God for the answer. You don't have to do that because verse 7 is going to happen anyway. No, it's not. Verse 7 is the verse that we've heard all our lives. The peace that passes all understanding shall, look at this, keep. That word keep means protect. What do I need to protect my heart for? Because, as we're so good at saying, I cannot think right today. Oh, man, I am under so much stress. I'm so worried about what? Well, I got this financial thing, or I got this family problem, or I got this girlfriend problem, a boyfriend problem, or whatever. It could be a problem at work or whatever. We're all fixing to lose our job. I cannot, I cannot do anything but just worry about this. This says it will protect your heart. So what was I supposed to do? Rejoice. Yeah, but I can't rejoice. Yes, you can. If you'd read more of your Bible, you would find out that Praise God, I am going to be all right. God will take care of me. You know. Let's put this in some Alabama English. I want to go over here and we'll just use the Living Bible. I know there's other translations, but just to get us going here, we're just going to look at it this way. Oh, uh, look what he says. And uh, let me scroll up a little bit. Uh, uh, let's see. Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. See, again, we're backwards if we don't think God wants us to be happy. We think God wants us to be sad, and that's ridiculous. When you study the scriptures, you find out, praise the Lord. If I've made a mistake, God forgives me. If I'm needing something, God will get it to me. But now, if you can't deal with those two basic things that are so dominant in the scriptures, and you believe, well, I don't think God will forgive me, you are so backwards. You better get it right. The prodigal son. How many scriptures do you need to know that you are forgiven? The paralyzed guy that was let down, Jesus said, Son, thy sins are forgiven thee. And then Jesus healed him. Had nothing to do with, you scum of the earth. I cannot believe you did this. I am not going to heal you. Are you kidding me? Moses' own sister, Miriam, and Aaron. Miriam was stricken with leprosy right on the spot. And Moses said, God, heal her now. Aaron even had the, he even knew, he said, Lord, lay not this sin to our charge. He knew they had made a mistake, but he knew God would forgive. And Miriam's leprosy was gone in less than a week. You got skin trouble? You should see it gone too. Quit saying, you know, well, I've not been the greatest Christian, and therefore i got all these moles all over my body or whatever. Or my arm is hurting today, or my neck, or my back, or whatever. Are you kidding? You could never pay your way to heaven. Quit trying to do that. So always be full of the joy of the Lord. Again, I say rejoice. Let everyone see that you are unselfish and considered in all you do. And I like to add to that, you're going to be selfish if you're hurting and carrying on. You know, you're a frown on your face. Remember, Jesus said when you fast, don't be like the hypocrites who have a sad face. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm fasting. I'm spiritual. See, that's the trick we're doing. And Jesus said they have their reward. 
So don't do that. Wash your face, the scripture says, and don't act like you're fasting and whatever. Anyway, look at verse 6. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God your needs and don't forget to thank Him for His answers. If you do this, you'll experience God's peace, which is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. His peace will keep your thoughts and minds in Christ Jesus. Okay, let's go uh, next to uh, a little story that Jesus tells us here. Uh, if you don't, watch out for all these worries. I mean, your worries will distract you. You'll think God is so far away and he's not going to help you whatsoever, but he actually will. But you've got to do your part. The sower sows the word. We're going to look at Mark first. Uh, uh, and in Mark's gospel, straight down here to the sower sows the word, you know, some seed fell by the wayside. You know the story. But let's go right to the heart of it. Look at verse 18. And these are they which are sown among thorns. Whoa. Thorns, you say. What's the thorn? Look at verse 19. And the cares of this world. No, they hear the, excuse me, such as they hear the word. In other words, hey, I'm in church. Well, I'm in church too. But it doesn't matter if I'm in church forever. It doesn't matter if I have all kinds of Sunday school stars or whatever. The moment you begin to worry and fear, you're like Peter. I'm walking on that water, and all of a sudden you look at the wind and the waves and go, oh, it's stormy out there. Woo, down you go, right then. And you've got to correct yourself and say, no, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus will save you. And then Jesus will tell you, look, why do you doubt? I mean, he got right to the problem there when he told that story. Anyway, these are they such as sown among thorns, such as they hear the word. Hey, I do that, but uh-oh, and. So I'm hearing the Bible, and I'm hearing my worries. Hey, but I'm okay, I'm balanced. No, you're not. According to this scripture right here, if you're listening to both, here's the answer. Here's the problem. Here's the answer. Here's the problem. But the problem is greater. Oh, no. And the answer, I know, but what you're going to fall for this one. You've got to eliminate this one by saying, I've got the answer, and I'm not going to pay attention to that problem. God's going to deal with it for me. He's going to fix it. He says, the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and lust of other things, entering in, it says it chokes the word, and it becomes unfruitful. What would do it here? Just simply the cares of this world. Yeah, the cares of this world. Let's, I, I want to look at this same story here again. In, uh, it's, it's in the Bible three times. Matthew 13 has got the same story. Let's see what words they use. Okay, here we go. Uh, Matthew chapter uh, 13, and let's see. Verse 22, there it is. He also that receives seed among the thorns is he that hears the word, and the care of this world, and the seedfulness of riches, choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. All right, let's, let's go look at it in, uh, in Luke. Luke chapter 8, same story. Uh, let's get down here to it. Okay. You know, it's interesting here in, I'm uh, still in Luke, not passage, excuse me. Oh, in Luke chapter 8, when Jesus is describing this parable, look at verse uh, <clears throat> 11. Now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are those that hear, then the devil comes. And he takes away the word that's in their heart, lest they should believe and be safe. Oh, you know, the devil is the one who's trying to wreck your life. It's not God. Now, scrolling down here, look at verse 14. And that fell among the thorns of they, which when they've heard, they go forth and are choked with cares and riches and pleasures of this life, and they bring forth no fruit to perfection. So we've got to watch out for this thing, cares. 
there are little distractions out there. Let me show you. Oh, uh, if you will go. Uh, well, I'll turn to it for us. Uh, let's go to First uh, Peter, chapter five, and let's see if it's very important or not. First Peter, chapter five. Start here at verse six. Humble yourselves, therefore, to the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you in due time. Look at verse seven. Casting all your care upon Him, for He cares for you. Now, this this is really a waste of time bringing my problems to the Lord, because if we think that it doesn't matter, then why bother? Does God think we're cute or something? No. This is important. See, look at verse 8. He says, be sober, be vigilant. Well, yeah, we'll scroll off that. Let's see where we're at. Here we are. Uh, um, yeah, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion walking about, seeking whom he may devour. Well, I got a question here. I mean, if God's so big, wouldn't God take care of the devil for me? Well, he did. Jesus went to the cross for it. But now it's up to us. We're the one that have got to come to the breakfast table. We're the one that has to stop off at the gas station and fill the car up. We can't just leave everything up to God and say, well, I'm innocent here. I no. We have got to what? Cast all our cares upon him for he cares for you. Be sober. Be vigilant. That just means be alert. See, if you catch yourself going, oh, I've been worried about this problem for three days now. Where have I been? Lord, in the name of Jesus, get me out of this problem. I'm asking you to get me out and watch God get you out. Uh, let's switch this over to the Living Bible and, and, uh, and see what we got here. Okay. Uh, look at verse 7. Let him have all your worries and cares, for he's always thinking about you and watching everything that concerns you. Be careful. Watch out for the attacks of Satan, your great enemy. He prowls around like a hungry, roaring lion, looking for some victim to tear apart. Oh. We'll look at Psalms just a moment here and show you. Oh. Let's see. In Psalms, look down here, it's, it's 55. I like this. Oh. These, uh, this one here. It's got two double letters. I mean, two same as 55 and 22. Look at that. Give your burdens to the Lord. He will carry them. He will not permit the godly to slip or fall. That's what we're concerned about was got some sort of problem. This is not talking about going to heaven. This is your daily troubles that you have. Let me, let me put this back in the King James, and I believe you've heard this before in the King James. Let's go look at this just a moment. Uh, 55, 22. <clears throat> Uh, cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. <clears throat> he shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. You know. Again, why do I need to cast this on the Lord? God will just take care of it. No, he won't take care of it. You've got to call upon the Lord. Look at the 18th chapter just a moment here. In the 18th chapter, uh, let's see. I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer, my God, my strength. All It will all take care of itself. No, it won't. Keep reading. I will call upon the Lord, who's worthy to be praised, so shall I be saved from my enemies. Notice he said, he didn't say, I did call upon God. No, we don't did call. We've got to continue to call. I mean, our adversary, we already read it. He's out there trying to destroy our lives. Put this in the, in the Living Bible just a moment. Uh, let's see. 
uh, Lord, how I love you, for you have done such tremendous things for me. Now, you know what? That's a little bit selfish, if you ask me. Well, that's if I'm thinking as some people do in America. We don't think our God does anything, and who am I to go around saying, what great things he's done for me? That's, that's our calling card. That's how we win people to Jesus. Our lives should be so covered up with, I mean, they, they, they'll tell Dustin, Dustin, you just don't even have any problems. And Dustin says, let me tell you, I got a whole string of them, but Jesus has fixed them all. I had one this morning, and God fixed it, Dustin would say, or whatever. God will fix all these things for you, but we miss it by just rolling over and playing dead. You won't get that from reading the Bible. Psalm 18, he says, uh, for you've done such tremendous things for me. The Lord is my fort where I can. Let me switch this just a second. Uh, the Lord is my fort where I can enter and be safe. No one can follow me in and slay me. He is a rugged mountain where I can hide. He's my Savior, a rock where none can reach me, and a tower of safety. He's my shield. Look at this. He is like the horn of a mighty fighting bull. Hallelujah. Well, no wonder. And he didn't say, well, I, I know I've got all this, and I'm just busy king now, and I, I can handle it on my own now. No. He says, I've got the Lord. The Lord is going to help me. Look at it, the next verse, verse 3. This is what he says. All I need to do. He's talking about getting rid of your worries. All I need to do. This is so simple. Oh, praise the Lord. And I am saved no, excuse me, all I need to do is cry to him, and I'm saved from all my enemies. That's pretty simple, isn't it? Let me shock you this morning by going, this is Psalm 18. If we go uh, to uh, Psalm 21, it's so amazing. Watch this. How the king rejoices in your strength, O Lord. Now, remember, this is in your Bible, so you're a king, too. This is yours. Don't just say, well, it's just David. Well, what did I need it for? David's dead and gone. This belongs to you and I. How the king rejoices in your strength, how he exalts in your salvation. For you have given him his heart's desire. Look at this. Everything he asks for. No, he, everything he asks you for. Sometimes when we hear that, we go, no, no, that's a foul. Uh-uh. God won't give you everything he asks for. Oh, where'd you get that from? Oh, I read it. Oh, somebody told me. Whatever. That's not what the Bible says. Psalm 37 says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. See where your worries are? You, you, you're, you've got a problem this morning. I don't know what it is. Maybe you're hurting your body. Maybe you've got troubles at work. or what. It doesn't matter. Whatever is distracting you, okay? And you think that your great God will not get you out of it. Therefore, you're not happy. Because it's bothering you. It's like, Boy, am I going through this. Shoot, this is... But if you really believed that God would get you out of it, then Philippians 4 would be easy for you. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. And this is where we all are. You look in the mirror and go, Oh, man, nobody's in the bathroom but me. And I'm looking in the mirror, and that's the face of somebody who's worried. But when I close the door, I can go out in front of everybody else. I can go shake Bob's hand. Yeah, Bob and I, we can just talk and whatever. But I'm really worried on the inside about something's bothering me. And see, a lot of times we think it's up to, because we don't really believe it's the Lord that's going to help us. We don't really believe in angels. You know, we've got it all figured out that, well, if I make it through tomorrow, i got it made. Don't think like that. There are angels. There is God there to help you. He'll get you out. That's why David was saying, let me say, oh, what? this is so fantastic. So David said, you've given me my heart's desire. Hallelujah. 
everything I asked for. Woo! Hallelujah. Look at verse 3. You welcomed him to the throne with success and prosperity. I didn't get this out of any other book but the Bible. This is your Bible we're looking at. Psalm 21. You set a royal crown of solid gold upon his head. Look at verse 4. This reason today, if you heard about somebody having died in an accident, or somebody that got cancer or whatever, or you're thinking about somebody that had died a long time ago, and you're worried about your own life, would you please quit? Look at this. He asked for long, good life, and you have granted his request. The days of his life stretch on and on forever. What do you think that means? God's going to make you live long. Let's go back to the King James just a second. Uh, verse 3 went on and uh, he says, you, you prevented him with the blessings of goodness and you set a crown of pure gold on his head. Look at verse 4. He asked life of thee and you gave him even length of days forever. we got to quit thinking we're going to die tomorrow. We got because See, that's another thing that will distract you. Somebody that you work with needs your help, and guess what? You're worried about you're not going to make it your next breath. You're worried about some ailment you've got. But if you really believed that Jesus was your healer and that Jesus would take care of you just like he took care of everybody else in the Bible, I mean, then you would quit worrying about it. And you'd start thinking, you know what, praise God, though I feel pain in my body, I'm going to be all right because Jesus is my healer. He healed everybody. I cannot think of anything else that he would do to me right now other than heal me too. Well, that's true. He will. He will. Uh, if, if you've asked him. But if you sit there all day long and worry about these things, your worries are just going to hurt you. Uh, let's go to the book of Luke. Just my Luke chapter 10. In Luke chapter 10, uh, nice little interesting story happy happened down here. Uh, down at the end, let's see. Now it came to pass, as they went, that he entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she also had a sister named Mary. Let me get that out of the way. Well, we lost her spot. Anyway, hold on. I'll get there quickly. Here we go. Okay, she had a sister named Mary, which also sat and, uh, at Jesus' feet and heard his word. Now, you want to remember this. The other girl, the sister, was what? She was sitting at Jesus' feet and heard his word. Oh, yes, but I'm so worried. Let me tell you something. This is the key to your total success. It's just like what David said in Psalm 18. He didn't say, you know what, it really took some real chores, and it was really hard, and I, I wasn't sure. It was no, David knew exactly what to do. He said, you're my strength, my God, my salvation, the rock of my salvation. You're the horn of a mighty fighting bull. You know, All i got to do is call on you. Okay, sounds like pretty simple to me. Martha, excuse me, Mary is... Sounds pretty simple. She's sitting at the feet of Jesus and heard his word. You know, you can do that too. You can get your Bible out. And though you've got all kinds of problems, or maybe just one giant problem, get your Bible out and begin to read. Read Matthew, just one chapter, chapter 2, 3, or whatever. Find some place in the Bible. Okay, but anyway. So she sat at his feet and heard his word. But look what happened with Miss Martha. Martha's the sister. Oh, she's so smart, isn't she? Let's see how smart she is. I passed her a little bit. Oh. Uh, 40, hang on. Uh, we're getting there, hang on. Am I, oh, I'm in the wrong chapter, excuse me. I bounced right off of it. One second here. These electronics are good, you got to work them, don't you? Come on, Mr. Mouse. There we go. There we go. 
Get down here to it. Okay. Oh. There it was. Okay. I'm still in nine. Excuse me. Well, praise the Lord. I tell this whole story without even looking at this. So let's get back to it. I'm in the tenth chapter. Here we come. Okay. Martha. Okay, but Martha, here's what happened. So, Mary's sitting at Jesus' feet just hearing his word. She's not doing a thing at all. She's just sitting there wasting time. Well, that's what Martha thought. Verse 40. But Martha was cumbered. What is cumbered? About much serving. And she came to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Bid her, therefore, that she help me. Well, anyway, that's a little bit of King James, and I don't know what cumbered is. But I can sort of tell what she's hacked off about. She wants her sister to come in there and help because they need a bunch of brownies and a bunch of Dr. Peppers and they need some drinks and whatever. For all these people, Jesus just brought into her house. This is a mess. So wouldn't you agree that uh, Mary here is what? She's worried. Yeah, but Richard, that's just part of life. Yeah, but it bothered her. Guess what? It bothered her so bad that she has now interrupted a Bible study. This was Jesus, too. Martha is so upset. She didn't realize what she's doing. She, made, she was probably making hand signals. I've seen this before at certain churches, you know. You know, whatever. Oh. And uh, she's just worried. Now look what Jesus says in verse 41. Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha. You know, it must have been serious what he had to say because he said her name twice. Richard, Richard. Oh, get my attention. Martha, Martha, thou art uh, careful and troubled about many things. Well, I thought it was just one thing. Well, see, Jesus was making a point here. Her worries were going to go on into the morning and the next day until she learned that, you know what, all I've got to do is trust the Lord. I just need to trust the Lord. You know, let's see, what chapter? This is Luke chapter 10. Jesus, remember, and I believe uh, Martha already knew, he fed the 5,000. He fed the 4,000. You don't think he can supply a few brownies? He sure can. Look at verse 42. Jesus goes on and says, but one thing is needful. What was it? What was it? This is the secret. Mary has chosen that good part, and it will not be taken away from her. So the one thing that was needful was slow down, stop, and begin to trust the Lord. Trust him for what? Well, what are you asking for? Well, I need this problem to quit. Well, trust him that he'll get it to you. Quit thinking he's going to turn the request around. That's ridiculous. If you've asked him for it, stand there till you get it. Uh, let's go to uh, the Living Bible here and look at this same story. Look at verse 40. Oh, I can understand this. But Martha was the generous type and was worried over the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Sir, doesn't it seem unfair to you <laughs> that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come help me. But the Lord said to her, Martha, dear friend, you are so upset over all these details. There's really only one thing worth being concerned about, and Mary has discovered it, and it won't be taken away from her. Let me tell you something. They ate like crazy that night. There's no place where you go with Jesus and they starve. Mm -mm. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it more what? Barely get by? No, have it more abundantly, didn't he? And he compared that with in John chapter 10. He says, the thief comes not but to kill, steal, and destroy I mean, we're going to be all right. Uh, God's actually, he, he's, he's going to take care of you. 
It's just our job. Martha had to do something about that. And of course, we realized that Jesus told her. And uh, <clears throat> it'll fix it. Let me show you another little incident here. And then uh, <clears throat> let's go over here to uh, the 11th chapter. And when uh, uh, Lazarus, when he was dead, he was in the tomb. Remember that story? And look what happened here, because we have another incident between Jesus and Martha. <laughs> now, remember, they were good friends. I mean, in John's Gospel, it says he loved Martha and Mary and Lazarus. Okay. Oh. In, this is oh, John chapter 11, looking down here on the verse 21. Then Martha said unto Jesus, Lord, if you'd have been here, my brother had not died. Do you see she's still worried here? <laughs> she said, well, I know you're here now, but hey, it's too late. It's too late. And we can do the same thing. It's too late. Jesus, all I know, you, oh, all things are possible to you. Notice that's what she says. <laughs> Verse 22, and I know that even now, whatever you ask of God, God will give it to you. She did no more believe that than he was the man on the moon. Mm -mm. Verse 20, 23, Jesus said, your brother shall rise again. Oh, yeah, oh, sure, yeah. Let's get down to it. I passed it. Jesus said, your brother will rise again, but look what she says. Oh, yeah, he'll rise again at the resurrection. In other words, however long from now. Martha said, oh, I know he'll rise again. It's <laughs> the resurrection of the last day. No, we don't get away from the last day. We're talking today. Can you trust the Lord that God will help you today? See, if you will, that'll bring that frown back to a smile, and you'll go, praise the Lord, I'm going to be all right. So notice this, Jesus is having to combat this last day, and he says, I am, I am, I am the resurrection and the life. The last day is here right now, darling. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he, shall he live. He was talking about Lazarus. And whoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Notice what Jesus says, believest thou this. And there's where we run into trouble right there. He said, believest thou this? See, she didn't. Verse 27 Oh, yes, Lord, I believe. Look what she said she believes. I believe you're the Christ. We're not talking about believing I'm the Christ. We're talking about your brother that's dead, and we need to get him to come back to life again. Notice what she did. When she said so, she went, uh, she went her way. You know, I got the last word, Jesus, and just walk away. She should have stayed there at the feet of Jesus and said, you know, Jesus, I'm just worried. I know you'll give God will give you whatever you ask for, but my brother's dead. I'm having trouble with this. Help me. And Jesus would have said, watch what happened. Remember, he told Jairus when his daughter, they already said, they already said hey, Jairus, your daughter's dead. Tell the master, just go on, it's too late. Jesus turning and he said to Jairus, fear not, only believe. He was trying to tell Martha this, and Martha wasn't listening. I'm going to switch to the Living Bible here and watch what happens. Your worries will ruin you. If you don't start trusting the Lord, and you can take a tip, just like from like from Martha right here. Uh, okay, let's see. Let's back it up a little bit. Okay, uh, now Martha shows. Excuse me, Mary shows up, and when she fell down at his feet, she said the same thing. Sir, if you'd have been here, my brother would still uh, be alive. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jewish leaders wailing with him, he was moved with look at this indignation and deeply troubled. Now, what does indignation mean? It meant he was angry. Now, we're fixing to get to that big, giant scripture that has two words in it. Can anybody tell me it's the biggest scripture in the Bible? No, it's the smallest. Yeah, Melody said it. Jesus wept. 
Now, Jesus was not weeping because somebody had died. He already had resurrected the son from Maine, okay? He already commanded his disciples to raise the dead. So he's not like shocked here that Lazarus has died. Matter of fact, we already know that Lazarus had died and Jesus didn't show up for four days. He took his time. He's upset about something else. And I'll tell you what the key is, lack of trust. These people did not believe that Jesus could raise him from the dead. Verse 35, tears came to Jesus' eyes. All the people said, oh, they were close friends. The Jewish leader said, see how much he loved him. Now look at verse 37. This tips us off. Oh, let me get this out of the way. Excuse me. Oh, oh. 37. Some said, this fellow healed a blind man. Why couldn't he keep Lazarus from dying? In other words, just blame Jesus. Just blame Jesus. What's so funny is Jesus is here to raise him up. He's here right now to help you. And yet we can say, well, you know, if it was just yesterday, you know, I just... If God had just done it yesterday, that's hopeless now today. I mean, it's too late. Man. Boy, look at this. Verse 38, and Jesus was moved with what? Deep anger. Wow, I think the King James says he groaned in his spirit. What's Jesus upset about? Well, he's going to tell us. Then they came to the stone, and it was a cave with a heavy stone rolled across the door. Roll the stone away. Wow, Jesus told us. But Martha, oh yeah, she's a big believer, isn't she? Martha, the dead man's sister, says, by now the smell will be terrible for he's been dead four days. Oh, she's really a believer, isn't she? She should have been saying, oh, i got to see this. i got to see this. My brother's coming back. Nope. Verse 40. And remember, deep anger up here. This is only a couple of breaths away. Jesus said, didn't I tell you that you will see the wonderful miracle from God if you believe? Why didn't Jesus say, you can't stop this. It just happens automatically. There's nothing you can do about it. No, there's something you can do about it. That's the reason Jesus was moved with anger. The world is so full of unbelief. Jesus said himself, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? And he said that right after. He said that I tell you that God will avenge them speedily, those that cry unto him. If you will just say, Jesus, get me out of this trouble today. You will find Jesus gets you out of that trouble. The smile will return to your face. You will not be able to shut up. People around you will hear the wonderful things that God's done for you. And it, it just, it's a continual, continual blessing. So verse uh, 41, what happened here? So they rolled the stone aside, and Jesus looked to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me, of course. But I say it because of these people standing here so that they will believe you sent me. Then he shouted, Lazarus, come forth, and you know the rest of the story. He that was bound came forth. I'm telling you, the scripture tells us that we have got to roll our burdens over on the Lord. It's not to take care of itself, but you will. You can stop all this by just simply saying, Lord, get me out of trouble. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you. By your stripes, we're healed. Lord, we thank you that you also take care of us financially. If any of us are facing any financial difficulty whatsoever, you will get us out. We thank you for it. Lord, if there's any other problem out there that's just distracting us, trying to make us feel like this is going to ruin my day, whatever it is. Lord, you already said in your word that I'll call upon the Lord who's worthy to be praised, and so shall I be saved from my enemies. Get us out of trouble. Well, Lord, what else does that leave us with? Well, the rest of it is just we're just going to rejoice. And we're going to tell others what great things you've done for us, telling others about Jesus. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, all right. Praise the Lord.